1: This week on Heritage Bible Radio we're going to look at the second of two metaphors Jesus employed in his sermon on the mount to describe the influence his faithful people are to have in the world. Last week we looked at the first one, we are to be the salt of the earth. This week in Matthew chapter 5 verses 14 through 16, Jesus tells us that we are the light of the world. Yes, disciples of Jesus Christ Christians, believers, are told to be salt and light in a lost world. And that's true even though that same lost world is hostile to Jesus and his followers. So if it's our responsibility, how can we be sure we're shining the light the way we're intended to? Is your light shining through your life in a way that points to and glorifies God? Or does your life look so much like the rest of the world of unbelief that you appear as unlit as the next person. Well, I pray this week's message will inspire you to examine your own life and motivate you to make the changes you need to so that your lamp isn't hidden under a basket, but set on the light stand where it sheds light into a dark world. Here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, The Light of the World. The world has no innate
0: goodness to build upon. The world is populated by several billion totally depraved inhabitants who, given time, make it worse and worse simply by living according to their nature. It's corrupt and it's dark. Now, there are temporary aberrations, to the contrary. I mean, people can do nice things every once in a while, but the world cannot overall do anything except get... Worse and worse. Remember how Paul warned Timothy about his ministry in the city of Ephesus, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 13. He says, but evil men and imposters will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. He left Timothy there to teach certain men not to teach strange doctrines. And he says, and by the way, that's really important that you take care of that in the church because they're not going to soften their message they're only going to get worse. You have to ameliorate their influence on the people of God. My friends, you understand salvation is nothing less than deliverance from total darkness to light. I'm going to give you several uh, cross-references today just to reinforce what Jesus is saying. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 says this, he rescued us from the domain of darkness. Satan is called the prince of darkness, prince of the power of the age, the god of this world. You've been trans He's rescued us from the domain of darkness and transformed us to the kingdom of his dear son. You've come out of an existence that was enveloped in spiritual darkness. That's the The dullness and the depravity and the despair of the ways of the world. And that's replaced by the light of the true knowledge of God. Goodness, righteousness, joy, love, laughter, peace, hope, encouragement. It's a transformation. In God's marvelous plan, He's not only rescued us from the domain of darkness, but He has actually designed that we would be the representatives of His light in the darkness of the world. Now understand, Jesus is the light. As you work your way through the Gospel of John, it only takes you nine verses to get to here. In John chapter 1, verse 9, John writes, contrasting Jesus with John the Baptist, He says, there was the true light which, coming into the world, enlightens every man. The only one who can rescue anyone from darkness is Jesus, who is the true light. Now, we are lamps which are lit by the light itself, or perhaps we should say the light himself, to live the life of Christ in you. To live that out in the world is to be light in the backdrop of the darkness of the world. Move along to John three nineteen. John writes, "This is the judgment that the light has come into the world, and men loved the darkness rather than their light. For rather than the light, for their deeds were evil." And then John. 8, 12. This was spoken by Jesus at one of the feasts that he attended in Jerusalem, probably at the Festival of Lights. He probably spoke this in the outer court of the temple against the backdrop of this massive, massive candelabra. And Jesus says this. He again spoke to them saying, "...I am the light of the world." and besides saying he's the light of the world he used that phrase ego emi the greek translation of exodus 314 and 15 the name of god i am i am yahweh i am the light of the world he who follows me shall not walk in the darkness but shall have the light of life john 1246 he said it again this way I have come as light into the world so that everyone who believes in me will not remain in darkness. And now you've come to Christ. Did you know that your testimony is recorded in the New Testament? It is. It's right here. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 8. For you were formerly darkness. I don't, don't you love how he doesn't say, you were in darkness? Like, you know, you were this innocent victim. No, you were the embodiment of darkness. Apart from Christ, you were dead. You were dark. You were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. That's your testimony. If you belong to Christ, it's no less of a transformation than darkness to light. A Christian... Loves the light. Look over at 1 John chapter 1, verse 6. If we say that we have fellowship with Him, say you belong to Christ, and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. I don't remember who said it, but some Bible commentator, more clever than I, uh, put it this way, Jesus is the light lighting, we are the light lighted. He is the light. He's the source of the light. In us, His light shines. And collectively, believers are the light. People should be able to to look at us like like a city set on the hill. And they ought to be able to see us. And then as we scatter, we go into the world, we become individually little luminaries, little bearers of light, if you will. Philippians chapter 2, 15, 14 and 15 puts it this way. Do all things without grumbling or disputing. The difference between grumbling and disputing is one of them you mutter it, the other one you don't get it out. You just think it, okay? Do all things without grumbling and disputing. Why? So that you will prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent children of God above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation here it is, among whom you appear as lights in the world. So that's why Jesus says a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. His design is that we be visible. The city on the hill uh, is visible at all times. I don't know if you noticed today, I, I I looked out, and, and besides there being this weird brightness outside my house, did you know that on the horizon there's some irregular, bumpy, ridgy kinds of things? I, 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 rem- I think they used to be called mountains. We haven't seen them for how many days. Well, you can see the city on the hill. By night, its lights can be seen by, for miles. Even in those days, without electric lights, all the, all the lights of all the oil lamps in all the houses could be seen. By day, you can see the skyline of the city that's up on the hill. Here's the analogy. Like a city set on a hill, a Christian is meant to be seen. Everyone you contact has an opportunity to see what you're made of. And they really ought to see light. Same is true when we are together collectively. A church is meant to be seen. Remember Jesus said to the apostles the night before He, he went to the, to the cross, John 13, 35, they'll know you are Christians by how you love one another. They'll know you belong to me when they see how you interact with each other. We are meant To be seen. So, verse 15, back in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says, Not only are you like a city set on a hill, but he says, Nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Now, he's painting a a word picture here, using an analogy, a metaphor. Jesus has designed that his followers. Be both visible, people can see you, and radiant, you provide light wherever you go. So he uses the illustration of a lamp, perfect illustration of what a Christian is to be. A lamp uh, does not produce light by itself. A lamp is a vessel through which light shines, Jesus is the light, we are the individual lamps in which his light shines. Now, lamps from those days and that culture are very well understood. The uh, archaeologists have uncovered a whole, a whole bunch of them. As a matter of fact, uh, go to Israel with me next year. And... If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you.